So we've been doing a series uh, on who God is. Uh, can anybody remember the first message, what it was about? God. <laughs> That's very good, Larry. <laughs> God is good. Yes, that's it. And last week, we talked about God is, did I hear it? Trustworthy. Remember that? Trustworthy? You can see my messages have such an impact on you guys. <laughs> uh, today, we're going to talk about God being generous. God is generous. Uh, I'm not the most generous person in the world. My wife is. She's not here. She's sick today. Uh, she's a just very naturally generous person. Uh, but I'm not. I was, I was raised to be hardworking, independent, responsible. I mean, that, my, my parents, that was what was really important, hardworking, uh, responsible, and so the idea was you work hard, you save. In other words, there, somewhere along the way there'll be a rainy day. There'll be a tragedy or a difficulty or something. So you save for that rainy day. You make sure you have enough. Uh, you don't get credit. That's bad. And all of these things. So what did that do? Well, it made me a very responsible person, hardworking, I think. I want to be, anyway, uh, and all of that. And I do save, but it also had an adverse effect on me. Because I want to accumulate, I have a tendency not to want to give. You know? Well, I might need that, you know? I, so, Connie is a get rid of anything she doesn't use in the last four weeks. I, I'm just the opposite. I, I took a truckload, uh, not this last Christmas, but the Christmas before, I actually cleaned out my technology. And I took a truckload to the recycle place. Now, that tell you, now technology is the thing that, that evolves the fastest. So it should be the thing you get rid of the most, right? Not me. No, I, I might need that hard drive, even though it's like six kilobytes, you know. Uh, and anyway, so God is generous. Is God like me? Does God like to accumulate? Does God like to save? Does God like, is he, is he careful about what he gives? We want to talk about God. Now, there is a story that Jesus told that is very curious. Uh, it's found in Matthew chapter 20. And I've always wondered about this story, and maybe you have too. It's about a person, a landowner. It starts in chapter 20, verse 1. But I'm just going to tell it to you instead of reading it to you, okay? Uh, so there's a landowner, and uh, early in the morning, he's trying to hire some laborers for his vineyard. And so this is harvest time. So if you're in California or 
We happened to be in France when they were actually harvesting the grapes. Uh, that is a big deal. And, and they hire a bunch of people. So this, this really makes sense, this little story here. So he hires some people early in the morning, uh, the third hour. Then he hires more people. And when he hires the people in the third hour, he says he was going to give them one denarius. So they're going to get one denarius for their work all day. So he hires some people at uh, the third hour. And then he hires more people at the sixth hour. And then he hires people at the eleventh hour. So at the eleventh hour, these guys are only going to work about an hour. So in every case, he goes the landowner, and he sees a bunch of people doing nothing, so he hires them. He goes another time, sees a bunch of people doing nothing, he hires them. And he does that again. So the last group that he actually hires, he hires at the 11th hour. And so the evening came, so it was time to pay the workers. Now, I want you to think about this. So the ones who worked all day, should get the most, right? The ones who worked a little less will get a little less. And the ones who are hired right at the end of the day, it makes sense, right? Like if there was a labor union uh, in this story, there would be major protest, right? Because you kind of know, you've read the story before, maybe you don't, uh, it comes to the end of the day. So the landowner is pretty smart. He's going to get the people who actually uh, worked the least to get paid first. Makes sense, right? In a way, it makes sense. And so he actually gives those people who only worked one hour a denarius. So now, if you were in the other groups that worked a lot longer, what would your expectation be? You're going to get more, right? Now, remember, though, when he hired them, what did he say they were going to get? One denarius. Okay. So, the ones that are hired that only worked one hour get one denarius. So, everybody else is thinking, we're going to get more, right? But they don't. The last group is what? They're ticked off. Like, what is the deal? You gave those people only worked one hour. We sweated it out all day. We worked hard all day. And you gave us the same amount. It's a bit scandalous, right? You want to say to Jesus, you know, in this store, this, this story and about the landowner, well, that's not fair. And in a way, it isn't, really. Well, it is in the Wayfair because he told them what he was going to give them in the first place, and that's what he gave them, right? Now, listen to what Jesus, or Jesus in telling the story, since it says that the landowner said at the very end. And so, uh, it says here, but he answered and said to one of them, verse 13, friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Do you not agree with me? Did you not agree with me for 
a denarius. Take what is yours and go. But I wish to give to this last man the same as you. And then he says, Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with what is my own? Or, now this is the part that's kind of interesting. Or is your eye envious because I am generous? So what is he saying? Well, you've got to get context in this story to really understand it. Because the next verse gives you a clue. Next verse says, So the last shall be first, and the first shall be last. Well, if you turn back to chapter 19, the very last verse, guess what it says? But as many who are first will be last, and the last shall be first. So before he told this story, he actually said, the last, or the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Then he tells the story, then he says the same thing over again. Now, why did he say that? What's the idea? Well, just before then, just before, Peter, well, let's go back quite a bit before, uh, there's a rich man, rich young ruler, and he comes to Jesus and he says, what do I need to do to be saved? Jesus says, follow the commandments. The guy says, which ones? Which ones should I follow? So Jesus lists a bunch of them off. And the guy said, I follow all of those. And then Jesus says, well, there's one thing you need to do, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Do you remember what the reaction was, the rich young ruler? He was grieved, sad, maybe ticked off. Like, what is this? Now, I don't notice everybody else doing that. Well, Peter and the apostles, or the, the disciples, they had actually done that. They had left everything. And so Peter asked, asked Jesus a question. Well, how can anybody be saved? See, in those days, this is different than nowadays. <laughs> in those days, they thought if you're rich, you're blessed by God. So the more money you have, the closer you are to God. So the rich young ruler, when Jesus said, sell everything you have, you know, and give it to the poor, the disciples are thinking, oh my goodness, we're in trouble. What could we do to be saved? Jesus says, you actually, he says, let me read it to you. Um, he said, Jesus said to them, Truly I say unto you, you have followed me, and in the regeneration when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you will sit upon twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel, and everyone who's left uh, houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or farms for my sake, will receive many things as much and will inherit eternal life. But then he says, but many who are first will be last and the last will be first. So let's put this all together. 
What is going on here? What's going on is Jesus is saying, I'm not like you. With God, it's not about what you deserve. You see, in my mind, I tend to think, work hard, I deserve reward. I mean, that's how I put it together for me. So I work hard, I you know, and we teach our kids this. This is a good idea, isn't it? Work hard, you get a reward. You save, you get a reward. I mean, you're responsible, you get a reward. But Jesus is saying something different here. He's actually saying it has nothing to do with what you deserve. I want you to think about that. Why does the landowner give the person who worked one hour the same as he gave the person who worked 12 hours? The answer in the story is, I want to be generous. I want to be generous. Wow. Isn't that interesting? That is so different. It's so different. God is so different than we are. We reward hard work. And in rewarding it, we say, you deserve it. Now, the same thing happens, actually, in the prodigal son story. Uh, I don't want to go through the whole story, but if, I want you to think about this story. You've got a younger son who does everything wrong. He leaves, squanders the family fortune, does all kinds of things that are exactly the opposite of the father's values. Right? Then you've got the older brother, and the older brother actually does everything right. He works hard. He stays home. He is always there. He's always doing his duty. So, the problem here is they're both wrong in what they think this is all about. See, the younger son says, because of everything I've done, I don't deserve to be a son. Right? And so he's going to go back, and he's going to go to the family farm. He's going to tell his father, I don't deserve to be a son, so I'm going to be a slave. Will you let me be a slave? I've lost the right to be your son. The older brother thinks exactly the opposite. Well, not really. He says, I'm going, I, I do everything right, I've done my duty, I have worked hard every day, I'm slaving out there in the family farm, and I deserve to be a son. Now you say, aren't, I mean, that's the opposite, right? No, not really. See, they both think it depends on what you deserve. That's the mistake. That's why Jesus tells the story. That's why he tells the landowner story. He's basically saying, you as human beings often think that it's all about what you deserve. But I'm telling you, God is just generous. God is actually a person who just loves to give. Now, that goes against our thinking, doesn't it? 
That makes God very different. But what happens to you and I when, when we think it's about what we deserve? For instance, if I think to myself, um, I've done all the right things, I get up in the morning, I'm working hard to prepare my sermons, I'm you know, working hard at the convention, I'm doing all these things, and at a certain point, I begin to think, well, God, I deserve all the rewards that you're giving me. What happens to me? Pride, judgment. I look at other people that aren't doing quite as much, maybe, or I think they're not quite doing as quite. I, I analyze the motivations of other people. I begin to think to myself, oh, my goodness, I'm, I'm doing all these great things. I'm something. And everything goes awry, right? Now, what happens if I think differently than that? And I see the blessings of God, and in a way, they surprise me. In a way, I think to myself, my, my goodness, God, you are so good to me. Why are you so good to me? I don't deserve this. What happens to me then? Then I got gratitude in my heart. I realize who God is. I realize that God is just generous. God is just wanting to give. Because that's what he said in that story of the landowner. What did he say? He says, I just want to give. That's why I do it. Um, in Romans. Well, let me, let me say something else here. I've noticed that the evil one, the devil, is into whether you deserve something or whether you don't. And I've noticed that by what he says to me. So, if I really mess up, then what does he say? He says, you don't deserve to be a Christian, to be walking with God. If I really do well, he says, wow, you deserve a lot. I mean, you're something. You should be proud of yourself. You notice how the devil actually wants to deal with what we deserve. And God actually is just saying to us, the reason you've got what you have is because I love you. I am generous. It is who I am. Uh, it's interesting. If you go to Romans, uh, Romans chapter um, 5, and uh, beginning at verse 6, he says, For while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. So first of all, we're helpless, and then he died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps a good man, someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, so we're still sinners, Christ died for us much more than Having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. For if while we were enemies, 
we were reconciled to God through the death of Jesus Christ. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So, the three terms he uses for us are helpless, ungodly, sinners, enemies. That's not a very positive thing, right? In other words, and it's interesting that the Bible says, as you therefore have received him, so walk ye in him. Let me put this all together. The fact is, everything that you get from God is undeserved. If you ever get to the point where you're starting to think you deserve it, you're in trouble. Why are you in trouble? Because the evil one will use that. Either you don't deserve it or you do deserve it, and it ends up negative in your life. What does God want you to know? He wants you to know that he loves to give you things. He's generous. That's what he wants you to know. In, I love this chapter. Sometimes I force myself to read it. Psalm 136. How many of you love Psalm 136? It's very repetitive. Anybody know Psalm 136? Well, you'll, you will know about it from now on. Uh, so, verse 1 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. Now, in my Bible, in the New American Standard, it says, For His loving kindness is everlasting. In uh, the New English, or the English Standard Version, it says, For His steadfast love endures forever. Now, why are there two different translations? Because the idea of this word hesed is loving kindness. So kindness with love. And it's also the idea of steadfast love. So they, in English, we can't put the words together. So in one translation, they say steadfast love. In the other one, they say loving kindness. But the fact is, it lasts forever. It endures forever. Now, what is he enduring? What does God endure? Us. That's what He endures. He endures everything that happens in your life. What He's saying is, my love lasts forever. It is completely unconditional. It, it does not depend on who you are or what you do. I am generous completely. Um. My dad uh, used to watch hockey games, and it was kind of funny with my dad. He was always a Montreal Canadiens fan, and uh, like the game last night, uh, uh, this is how my dad would approach a game. His idea was there were only so many chances to score. So in the early part of the game, if you got a whole bunch of chances to score, but you didn't score... It was gone. You lost the game. He would almost, after the first period, if you missed enough chances, he would almost turn the TV off and say, we've lost the game, even if it was 0-0. Because for him, scoring and opportunities to score is a limited commodity. You know what a commodity is, eh? There's only so much. Commodities like wheat and, and uh, potash or whatever you have, Right? The definition of a commodity is there's a limited supply. 
And when there's a limited supply, what that means is you're going to run out someday. So sometimes we think that's the way God is. Limited supply, he's going to run out. If he's given me a bunch of blessing, that means oh, somewhere along the way there's not going to be any left. That's not the way God is. He is generous. His love endures forever. In this psalm here, he repeats that loving kindness is everlasting, and he repeats that his steadfast love endures forever 26 times. Why? Because it's based on the generosity of God. Now, what does this mean for us? If, if everything that happens to you, every blessing that you get from God is just because God decided to give it to you, isn't that cool? I, I'm, uh, my greenhouse right now has a lot of, you have to have a lot of work. So the, the month of March is the most work. Because everything has to be seeded. All the cuttings have to be done. I mean, I'm getting everything ready to plant in June. Now, if it were in Saskatchewan, it would be May, but here it's June. Uh, anyway, so I'm, I'm working in there quite a bit. Like, I actually spent about four or five hours there yesterday. At the end of that, I thought to myself, God, you have so blessed me. And then I thought about this message. And, you know, I'm tempted to think, well, it's because, you know, I'm doing it and I'm working hard and I'm being responsible and I'm, you know, all of that. And it was just like God said, no, I just love to bless you. God, would you actually work this out so that I could be in this greenhouse and plant these little plants? See, because I'm convinced there won't be any need for preachers in heaven because you've got direct connection, Jesus, right? You don't need preachers. I'm hoping, though, that they need gardeners. Because I could do that for the rest of eternity, you know. I'd learn so much. Jesus knows everything about plants. He created them. I, what am I trying to say this morning? I'm trying to say it's not about you. It's about God. It's about who He is. He just wants to bless you. He just wants to give you good things for your life. He wants to shower you with His presence and His goodness and His love and His compassion. And He is generous. That'll never change. Even if you mess up, it won't change. Even if you do the best that you've ever done in your whole life and you perform, it's not going to change because it's not based on me or you or what we do, it's based on who God is. God is generous. So God is good. God can be trusted. He's trustworthy. God is generous. Is that enough for you to trust Him? Is that enough? He's good. He wants the, the best for you. He's trustworthy. Sacrificial. He gives of himself. He is generous. He's even generous to those one-hour workers. 
who don't deserve it. In fact, that's the whole idea. Jesus was trying to say to the disciples, you don't deserve it at all. It's because I'm generous. Let's pray.